0: The title of my message tonight is, It's Time. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 11 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So thinking about time, we have past time and we have present time and we have future time, right? So what about your past? Many of you have things in your past that you don't want to remember, You don't want to look at those things. The problem is that you haven't dealt with those things by bringing them to God. If your past keeps you trapped so that you cannot dream for God's future or you cannot function in your present, then you have to go there one last time. One last area of your life that God wants to touch. One last wound to be healed. One last stronghold to tear down. You must take it to God and let him deal with it now. Don't wait for a more opportune time because that time will not come. There's no better time than right now. There's nothing that you have done that disqualifies you from the love of God and from his forgiveness. And I want to repeat that. There is nothing that you have done that disqualifies you from God's love and from his forgiveness. It may be painful, but whatever pain God allows, it's purposeful pain, and it's meant to move you toward your destiny in Christ. If you haven't dealt with your past, I encourage you, I challenge you to come to God for deliverance tonight. So what about your present? Are you being discipled? Are you growing in your faith? Are you spending time with God in in prayer and worship and in the study of his word? See, once you've dealt with the past, you need to start growing in the present. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 5-8 says, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you... So that you will be neither barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, this growth process is just that. It's a process. And without it, your present is meaningless and your future is without hope. Your present is a time for you to grow. But what about your future? How many of you have dreamed about God's plans for your future? Have have any of you ever dreamed about God's plans for your future? Did you know that God has a plan for your future? I've heard the question asked, if you knew you could not fail, what would you dare to do for the glory of God? And I've asked that question um, in sermons in in this very room before and at Pathfinders at, at different times. If you knew you couldn't fail, what would you dare to do for the glory of God? And, and, you know, we could go around this room and it, there there are some of you who would say, I'd lead my parents to Jesus. There are some of you who would say, I'd be a missionary and I'd lead it, hundreds of thousands of people to Jesus. I would go lay hands on the sick and they would be healed. See, what has God formed you to do for him? Ask yourself that question. What has God formed you to do for him? See, your journey has molded you and set you on the path to your future. You were meant for something bigger than yourself. What would happen if you operated in your destiny or the the call of God at your school or in your home? See, you may make mistakes, but you'll learn far more from your failures than you ever will from your successes. Don't allow your fear of failure to stand in the way of God's plans for your future. The Bible in uh, Proverbs 29, 18, it says where there is no vision, the people perish. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, Jack, what is it? God has a plan for your future. See, wherever you're at right now in your life, it's time. If you're stuck in the past, it's time to allow God to heal you. If you're not growing in your present, it's time to allow God to bring you into maturity in your walk with him. And if you doubt your future, it's time to allow God to give you a new vision and to show you his purpose for your life. See, Romans uh, 13, 11 through 14 tells me that it's time for us to wake up. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. It's time for us to wake up. John 9, 1 through 4 tells me that it's time to do God's work. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no man can work. This afternoon, me and Jeremy and Johnny went to a funeral for a young man um, that has been to our youth group a few times. Stephen Ewing, 13-year-old boy. It was the saddest funeral I've ever been to. Um, to to see the condition of that family, and I, I won't go into the details, but the things I saw just broke my heart to know that he lived in those kind of conditions. But I remember just a few weeks ago, the last time Stephen came to emerge. I, I saw him back. Um, he he was kind of a quiet kid, and he he never did just jump in and, and play ping-pong or uh, do any of the games that, that you guys do. And he was just kind of by himself. And I remember just taking a few minutes and sitting down, talking with him, hey, where do you go to school, how old are you, and, and just kind of getting to know him just a little bit. But his death a couple weeks ago just really kind of impacted my heart to realize that right now it's time to do God's work. You know, just just that few minutes of, of stopping and talking to someone can make a difference in someone's life. And honestly, he was 13. He had just turned 13 in November. Um, a young guy, you would never think that he didn't have another chance. but um, But we don't know. It's time for us to do God's work, and it's time to do it now. 2 Kings 7, 3-9 tells me it's time for us to be desperate. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay we here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine's there and we'll die. And if we stay here, we'll die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. And if they spare us, we'll live. And if they kill us, we'll die. Those are good prospects, right? If we do this, we'll die. If we do this, we'll die. So we'll go here and we might live and we might die. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So that they said to one another... Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So get this picture. There's four men with leprosy just kind of staggering into this camp. And the people in this camp hear chariots and horses and they are so afraid that they flee from four men who got desperate and decided to take action. The king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents, and they ate and they drank. They took the silver and gold and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. Then they said to each other, What we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let us go at once and report this to the royal palace. It's time to be desperate. I remember in 2007 when I believe it was the second or third time I had taken a a group to Iceland on a missions trip. And how many of you know Austin Buboltz, Brady Smith? You you guys know some of these guys that were there. Um, Brady, at the age of 14, preached one night in Iceland. And um, he was preaching through an interpreter, so he'd, he'd say a sentence, and then the interpreter would say a sentence, and kind of back and forth. It gets a little confusing when you preach like that, but he did a really good job. And he, he preached on the next verses I'm I'm going to read um, in just a minute here, on Esther 4.14, for such a time as this. And when it came time for the altar call, um, the interpreter went so fast through the altar call, he really didn't give anyone a chance to respond to the invitation for salvation. So when when the service was over and people were kind of dispersing, Austin said you know I thought to myself I will never have this opportunity again and these guys may never have the chance to accept Christ again and I'm just going to go for it and at the age of 14 Austin boobolt, he grabbed his friend Brady and the other guys on that trip and he went to these two boys Runar and Ilugi <laughs> um, yeah I know it's kind of weird Runar and Alugi, and he went to those two boys and he led those guys to Jesus Christ because Austin made it a point that he was going to be desperate that night and he was going to take action on what he knew needed to be done. Esther 4, 7 through 16 tells me that it's time to commit. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money that Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. The Jews were to be wiped out. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa, to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. See, Esther Esther was a Jew, and... Um, Mordecai wanted her to go to the king to beg um, for him not to kill the Jewish people. Hathach went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said, and she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people in the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned by the king has but one... without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death. So if you go to the king without him summoning you, you're put to death. Unless the king extends the royal scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house that you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for just such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, day or night. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. It's time to commit. It's time. It's time for us to quit playing games with God. It's time for us to repent of our sin and to live a holy life. It's time for us to seek God in worship and in the study of his word and in prayer. It's time to encourage your brother and sister in Christ. It's time for, to forgive those who have hurt you and to ask forgiveness for though, from those whom you have hurt. It's time to give God your very best and not just your leftovers. It's time to consider others before yourself It's time to tell others about Jesus. It's time to answer God's calling on your life. It's time to overcome what hinders you and begin to proclaim God's grace and mercy to a generation that is desperate for a gracious and merciful God. It's time for desperate people to cry out to a God who's desperately reaching out to those who need to ask for his forgiveness and to ask for his help and to passionately pursue him no matter what the cost. It's time. Would, would you go ahead and start that music and would you guys just bow your heads and close your eyes with me? It's time. I know leading up to winter retreat and uh, like when we go to Iceland and different events that we go to, we we have this anticipation. We we just, we're so excited for for what's going to happen. But then that time comes when it, it goes from being anticipation to it's time. And and we're actually gonna go and we're gonna do this thing, and you're gonna experience what God has for you to experience. And tonight, what God is telling you guys in this in this room tonight, you youth and and you adults, what He's telling you is it's time. I want to be in relationship with you. I want you to come to me. I want to fellowship with you. I want to help you in your everyday life. I want to help you at school. I want to help you at home. I I want you. And it's time. That's the whole message. It's time. We we play games with God so much. We so often we we come in into this room and and it's cool because we have fun and having fun is a good thing and and we we play our games and we play ping pong and we, we, you know, just all these different things and that's cool and that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about playing games with God where you know exactly what he wants from you where you know exactly what his standard is and, and you just choose to just kind of blow it off and act like it's no big deal and it is it's time to not play those games and to realize we serve a holy God who, who loves us and wants to be in fellowship with us every single day. As we close tonight, I'm calling you to action. Don't leave this place without connecting with God and with another person. Prepare your hearts tonight for what God wants to do in our midst this weekend at our winter retreat. There's no need to wait until Friday because it's time right now.